0: Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Well, welcome back to another episode of Notes from the North. This is episode 30. Uh, here to break down that thriller against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Kyle, how are you doing? feel relieved, I suppose, but we'll, we'll get into my feelings, I guess, a little
1: bit more as we go. Sam, you're having a, an okay morning, I hope.
0: I'm, I am doing well. Yeah. Doing well. we in, in Canada here. We've got Thanksgiving weekend. So, um, right. Yeah.
1: I forget but, that it's not like this. We have different Thanksgiving sometimes. Yeah. You
0: yeah. Know, yeah, exactly. The, the uh, I, I know and a lot of people advocate for the fact that the November Thanksgiving is actually much better place than the October one. Uh, okay. just considering how November's just feels like that month that drags on. Um, and there's right. not a whole lot there, and it's, it's the weather's not great, and so, um, regardless, this is what we got. This is what we're going with, and yeah, it's a, exactly. it's a good weekend. But we had we had some fun football, and you know what? Like looking at the slated games yesterday in the NFL, there wasn't a whole lot of like interesting matchups, and when you look around right. the league uh, outside of the Bills-Chiefs game, um, I was going to say the Bills took down the Chiefs last night. That's intense, which is fantastic, and and so now. Um, the, the only thing I was going to say about that one Vikings are tied with the chiefs now. So like, <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's run with that. Um, yep. but I know when you look at a power rankings of, of teams with the records that they have, I think it was easy to say the Vikings kind of led their power rankings for most, if not all the the weeks, probably not after week one, um, just being on one, but they were kind of that, they were kind of the top, uh, one and three team, um, Anyways, you can't say that with with the Chiefs being and uh, having the same record as them, but uh, but if somebody had, had cornered you, Sam, and said after five weeks
1: the Vikings are going to have the same record as the Kansas City Chiefs, do you take it or not? 100%. What would you have said? Always, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, 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 yeah, exactly. And you're I mean, no, you're one would have, no
0: one would have guessed two and three, but no, no, exactly. Um, and honestly, like we we're going to have different opinions on yesterday's game a little bit, I think, in terms of just like how you feel after a win because I think for you you would see some of the things that happened and some of the reasons for concern and feel like like that game shouldn't have been close like there's just there's no two ways about it um it is a division rival and that impacts uh sometimes game it makes games close feel like just because of that uh but I think the Vikings had a part to play in allowing it to get that close so Let's start with first down here and talk about the offensive game plan. Um, Offense started well. Yep. Had some good drives. Yep. How do you describe that offensive game plan overall? In a word, I would describe it as timid. Yes. And I don't know, I don't know
1: why we were timid. Like what, why are we scared of the lions? Right? Like, and so I and they made the point on the game broadcast, and this is something that my wife and I were talking about watching the game. Uh, you know, why is it that we, you know, on second and fifteen, we run the ball, right? Or why is it that we uh, aren't just relentlessly targeting Justin Jefferson throughout the second half after after that opening half that he had? I mean, they just showed they had no answer at all to Jefferson. Why is it that? Thielen, I think end of the day with what two catches which is unbelievable right like and I don't know maybe Thielen has lost a step right and I understand that one one of the you know one of his his uh you know really big catches could call back because that penalty um on uh, on Herndon but in any case it was disappointing that you know this is the point they made in the game broadcast where you football is a matchup game right Uh, you know, we saw last week against Cleveland. Well, our offensive line isn't very good. Cleveland's defensive line is very good. That's a matchup that favors Cleveland. And that, you know, largely contributed to Cleveland winning, right? So why is it that we aren't just relentlessly going after these two stud receivers we have just over and over and over again? Uh, It was confusing to me. And I don't know, I almost feel like Clint Kubiak really needs to get to that bye week and we can kind of take a breath, assess what went well, what didn't go well, how teams tried to counter what we do well, and then how can we respond? Uh, Cause man, oh man, after that bye week, I mean, I think we're going Dallas, Baltimore. I think we got the chargers, then the Packers, you know, we're, we're just, we're just going right. There's no rest for the weary. And right now it just feels like the offense these past two weeks has been you know, one against Cleveland, I thought uninspired. And then yesterday against Detroit, I would say they were timid, which I just don't understand at all. Mm-hmm.
0: It, the interesting thing about that, actually, as you talk, is recognizing that the difference between what does it look like to be an offensive coordinator when you're leading versus when you are chasing the lead when you're, when you're, when you're down. That's right. And that's I think right. That I, I think if you'd break it down into those two categories, you feel pretty yeah. good about what Kubiak's done when they're down or when they're like just starting out the game. But in the rare times when there has been a lead uh, outside of this week, there has been some questionable calls. I guess for me, when I see a team running like that, it's like, okay, this is a clock management piece. But you said there yeah. – I think we're talking maybe about a handful, maybe a little bit more, maybe eight, eight, seven or eight plays where it's like, let's just throw it. And I think you – the risk of throwing it is obviously the clock stops, and that's that yeah. sucks. But like it, at the same time, you like you've you got like you're paying a quarterback a lot of money, and you're expecting he's going to make throws, and he's, he made it look easy all day.
1: That's the thing. So you're paying this dude. So this year he's making 33 million. Next year will be 45 million, unless they come to an extension or they trade him. Right. If short of those two options, you're paying this guy 45 million dollars next year. And and he's, and you know, and to his credit, he's played really well so far, right? Like these two and three record, it could easily be five and oh, I know he he didn't really play particularly well against Cleveland, but all things considered, the dude has played well, right? Uh, But I do wonder about some of the play calling, and then not even just that, but some of the offensive execution, right? We're again, taking a lot of boneheaded penalties. And so again, who does that come down to? Well, one, you need individual accountability, of course, Obviously. You know, it's not like Clint Kubiak is up in his booth making, you know, Chris Herndon take a bone handed penalty. He's not making these guys, but he is the offensive coordinator. He is the man in charge of this unit. And so, yeah, the individual player needs to, you know, figure it out and be responsible. And two, the man in charge needs to figure it out and be responsible, you know, obviously in conjunction with the position coach and that kind of thing. Uh, It was just a little disappointing to me, especially in that, yes, the defense played well throughout the day. And I'm fine with that. And I'm happy that they played well, all things considered. Um, but we were, for a good portion of that second half, or the good portion of rather maybe the fourth quarter, as the game was coming to an end, you know, we were one boneheaded play away from having a tie game. Yes, we're playing with the lead, but it's not like we were up three scores. We were up by 10 points, then Detroit kicked the field goal, and now it's a one touchdown game. Okay, fine. Does that not give the offense a certain sense of urgency, right? And I know, so Zim at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the game, he was doing his press conference and he was asked specifically about the decision to run on that third down where Madison fumbled. And his rationale, I thought his rationale was sound just in the sense that, you know, he says, okay, so we run the ball there and then we punt it away. Detroit's going to have um, about a minute 20 left and the full field to go. With the way my guys were rushing the passer, I felt pretty good that we could stop them. They had no timeouts. My defensive line has shown in different instances they can get home. And, you know, and if you stack the quarterback in that situation, it's, oh, boys, it's tough for the offense to overcome, especially for an offense like Detroit's, right? And so I thought that in that particular instance, Zim's decision, you might not agree with it, but at least he had a justifiable reason. At times, I I just feel like the the rationale is just so peculiar. I mean, why aren't you more aggressive on second and 10? I think towards the end of the game, again, they showed in the game broadcast, our average third down yardage was third and nine. And some of that, again, some of that's coming down to the offensive line really didn't block well in the run game, right? And so that's difficult. But we did show that Jefferson can basically get open at will. And even if they made an adjustment, and let's say they're doubling him every single play in the second half, that means his buddy now has more room. That means Conklin has more room. Osborne has more room. Thielen has more room. Thielen's no slouch, but he hasn't done that much in these opening five weeks. And so it was, it was disappointing. I think overall the offensive performance. I think they could have done so much more.
0: For sure, for sure. Like you said, like there's there are four legit pass catching options on that team. Like when they when they do uh, when they get three wide receivers out there in, in Conklin, like it. Um, you said like Jefferson was. It just felt automatic. Like, it felt like yeah, whenever, whenever you wanted, yeah. it was there. Um, yeah. and so exactly. then looking back, it's like and obviously you, you mix things up it's not like you can do that every single play but
1: yep exactly yep. and i get they start to roll coverages and we don't necessarily see because the game broadcast is showing us a line of scrimmage so we don't see the coverage shell you know maybe they're rolling that safety to his side way more aggressively and they got that double coverage and i get that right like we you have to look at the all 22 and get a better sense but come on and you know and even we, you're saying you got three other options conklin osborne Thielen. But then, if you include Madison in that, yep. now you get four. And, and, and you know, if I know Cook wasn't playing, but in a normal game, you know, Cook's also an excellent option. So, you know, and then D.D. Westbrook also had three catches. So there's your fourth wide receiver. Also
0: had a few catches. So you got options, right? You got options. Let's use them. Brilliant. Um, Before I, I, we do want to talk about Darius on his his start, yeah. but um, briefly, Matheson, how did you see? Like, how would you describe his performance yesterday outside of obviously what happened at the end of fourth quarter?
1: So the fumble sucked, right? Yeah. Obviously. And that's, that's a, I was having flashbacks to the Seattle game in that we went into week, I believe Seattle was week, I guess week six, I guess it was Seattle. I think week five was Atlanta. But in any case, you know, Madison played that Seattle game and he had that big open hole on fourth down, didn't hit it. It was a horrible error. We ended up losing the game against Seattle. And then here he fumbled the ball against Detroit. And I was saying to myself, oh my gosh, it's just like Seattle, but a little bit different. He just makes this mistake that you can't make. Um, so that's kind of my lasting thought right now. But really, he played well. Mm-hmm. I think Madison, I love Alexander Madison. I like I, I just think he's a great running back. He's got really underrated hands. Like he's a really good option in the uh in the pass game. And he's a tough runner, right? Like he's not he's not as elusive or explosive as cook, but I love his toughness. Yeah, I love what he brings to the offense. I,
0: I just think he's an excellent second running back. He he could be a starter. He he's very good for sure. Like, and I think that's kind of why I wanted to highlight it quickly, just because like yep. obviously the fumble is what you'll remember from yesterday, but hundred like over a hundred yards rushing, especially with that big run. Um, yeah, like to have that option, especially with a guy like Cook, where he's yep. elite when he's there, but sometimes he's not always available. Um, exactly, to have that option is fantastic, but just wrapping up first down here, Darisaw, we we finally get to see uh, the first round pick play. And I know there's just, it feels like there's been a lot of um, chatter, anxiety, whatever you want to call it around getting this guy out there. Um, Overall impressions of him.
1: Overall positive. I think, I mean, I'm going to have to go back and look and kind of see like on a snap by snap basis. Cause sometimes, you know, I I start to play watching Darisaw and then I, follow the ball or, you know, whatever it is, right? You get distracted, right? Um, but overall, I thought he looked fine, you know, and maybe just because Rashad Hill has struggled. So I'm just enthusiastic about Darisak but um, Zim said after the game that the plan was to kind of have him on a, a pitch count. Um, so he, they kind of rotated. And uh, so I wonder, my main question now is, is he on a pitch count again next week against Carolina or is he fully, uh, like a full go? right? Is, is the plan to kind of ease him in through the bye and then maybe at Dallas, you start him? Or do you continue mixing him in? Because, uh, again, I, I like rush, I like Rashad Hill, but he, he's a backup. He's a backup tackle. So I'm hoping that I can get in sooner rather than later, but I also don't want to rush it. Um, so we'll, we'll just see, I suppose. We'll just see. I, but I was encouraged and then hoping that, you know, his body's feeling right and he's encouraged and that he can get out there more.
0: Yeah. No, it, it was great to see. Like I, for me, I don't often notice offensive line a whole lot outside of when they're struggling. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. But I know looking back at the stats after the fact, it seemed like a pretty solid debut for him. And like you said, it mm-hmm. is now just at a point where we're figuring out, okay, what does it look like for him moving forward? And I the, the hope, I think the goal is to have him be in every uh almost every down player and yes, yeah make, make this happen. Um yes. Good. Well, let's transition a second down here and um we get to talk a little about special teams yesterday. We uh Greg Joseph has been I I you know what? How how would you grade Greg Joseph up to this point this year? Because um you I know, mean, I, I won't give any context. What, how, what what grade would you give him? All things
1: considered, this may be higher than most folks, but I, I quite like Greg Joseph. I'll give him an A minus.
0: Yeah, I was gonna. I, I thought A minus B plus around there. Like there's obviously there's the miss kick against um, Arizona, Arizona, uh, which yeah. which hurts. That's, that's
1: the one. If that, he that, if he doesn't miss that, you're saying the guy's an A or an A plus.
0: Right. Right. And like I yesterday to go like you can say miss the 49er after hitting the 55 yarder, but like to hit two yeah. 50 plus yard field goals just to go two for three from basically three 50 yard field goals, uh, especially yeah. with the game on the line. Um, like that's what that's what the kicker's there for. Um, yeah. I, I know you you sent me a message um just kind of saying like he may have saved Zim's job yesterday. Yeah,
1: seriously. Like if we dropped to one and four and we lose, we give up that lead to Detroit, right? Like they, you know, and, and I know the offense turns over, but then the defense allows that touchdown and then we allow the two point conversion after the way that we decided to, you know, at the end of the first half, we had a couple timeouts and some time left. We don't go for it. Right. Like we, the offense is largely timid and uninspired throughout the second half. And then, and then at the end, and so I wonder to myself, would something have happened uh, to Zim, right, in terms of his job uh, after, after that loss? I don't think so necessarily. Like, I do think he – I still think that, like, the plan is to keep him for the season kind of thing. But, man, the noise would have been deafening. Uh, the, the calls for his job would have been just – you know, unlike, unlike we've heard so far in his tenure. And so him nailing that kick, I think
0: possibly saves him's job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't want to stray too far away from Greg Joseph yet, but as a fan, do you not almost feel encouraged with the fact that it wasn't really about performance or today, it was about game planning? Like, Does that make sense? Like, I I feel like, obviously, you need to have a good game plan and and execute it. But it felt like, for the most part, guys like the offense, the defense, special teams, Greg Joseph, they did the job that they, when they were put in the place to do it.
1: But that, that to me is almost more of a damning indictment, right? Hmm. Because who comes up with a game plan? For the most part, it's the coaches. Like, I know, I know. And this one thing I think is good. Zim, to his credit, does listen to his. Players and I think you know, and then Kirk Cousins, I'm sure, he gets some input and different guys steal, and I'm sure the more veteran guys get input. Uh, but the game plan really comes down to the coaches. By and large, they get the final say, and so the approach that we take, you know, going for Detroit, going for two, that's Dan Campbell, right? And so, man, like I'll give, I'll give Dan Campbell credit. I did not think he was going to go for two there, and then he does, and I say to myself, frig, man, I respect that call. Right. Like, and I think his players respect that call. Um, And so I was just disappointed. You know, I was talking to my wife, but we were going for a walk afterwards with the dogs and uh, she's asking if I was happy with it. And I, I don't want to be like overly dramatic in the sense in this analogy, but like I was saying, like, I imagine like I was, I got in a car accident and our baby's in the back seat. You know, the first thing is you look back and say, is the baby okay? And the baby's okay. Oh my gosh, thank God. You know, the the baby's okay. You say, okay, you know, the baby's fine. That's that's all that matters. But you still got a car accident. That's not good news, right? Like, and so I almost feel like the Detroit, like, yeah, the baby's fine. But we got a car accident. Like, we went off the road. This was not a good day. This was a bad day, right? Like, we we gave up the lead with less than a minute left to Detroit. We were at home. There was no reason for that to happen. Yeah, we got the win. Yeah, my baby's fine. But this was a crappy day.
0: Right. So that that perspective is like I get that. Like I understand from a fan perspective that feeling of we lost we won, but this, this exactly. But but like I I like it was a little bit enlightening from me yesterday and realizing like, you know what, like the NFL, this stuff happens, and I think what we're looking for from teams. Is hey, when things go wrong, uh, like need to be able to pull it out and and win. And like games, like, yep. there's, there's like the Vikings have shown there has not been a single game that hasn't come down to one possession so far with this team.
1: And every single game,
0: yeah, that I think like so there, there's other teams, like you could go Buffalo Bills and just crush teams 40 nothing, but like, I. We talked last week about um, would you rather win big or, or kind of prove that you can win one of these small games, and mm-hmm. um, the the Vikings made it small. Let's not let's not like kind of say yeah. anything. And and really, they're really a, if they didn't fumble that ball, like they're probably the game's yeah. probably over. Yeah. Um, but I like I still just feel like you know what you won. It wasn't pretty it wasn't there, but at the end of the day, it, I don't, I don't feel, I feel a lot better about this team than um, did after last week.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we just, we just didn't show up and then we ended up losing. And so I guess in the sense I do, you know, I do feel better after week five than I did for week four. And I was thinking, um, we did have a multiple score win against Seattle. We won 30 to 17, I believe. Right. So that, that was two, that was two scores, but we've now had four games beside by one score. We've lost three. We've won one. Carolina is going to be telling Mm -hmm. Carolina, I don't think is a great team, but I don't think they're a bad team either. And so they're going to be a real test in the sense that we're going to get a, it'll be a good gauge in terms of where, where we stand. Do we go in at two and four or do we go in at three and three? And so, but again, and maybe just to close off, unless you have something else for second down, but Greg Joseph, to his credit, he said after that Arizona lost, this will not define me, right? Mm-hmm. And he he vowed, like he owned it. I'm responsible, but I'm telling you, this won't define me. And Frigg man, dude stepped up, right? And now, without maybe a little bit of, I mean, he missed the 49 yarder, came up short, goes out there for a 54 yarder and friggin' drills it. And so, man, tip the cap, that dude. Uh, and let's not forget that he was also clutch against Cincinnati in Week One. He sent us overtime. Mm-hmm. So he's had three clutch performances. He missed the one, and he's drilled two. Uh, I, all things considered, I'm, I'm quite pleased with Greg Joseph. Yeah,
0: for for Viking kickers and, and such that. Feels like a <laughs> yeah, that's, that's win, right. right. Two for three, as Meatloaf would say, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, well, yeah. two to three, and then you factor in the the Vikings kicker index, whatever that is. And- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's basically
1: a Hall of Famer. He's rocking
0: yeah. it. Um, but I we will wrap up here, but I do want to say overall through five weeks, i the special teams has been quite great. Like, awesome. like the punting's been great, coverage has been yep. great. Yep. Uh, like the return game has not been really explosive or anything, but it hasn't been costly. Um yeah. Kicking's been great. Like I, I think yeah. that the special teams definitely deserve some some credit for being overall, I would say a net positive. Ryan Ficken,
1: the new uh special teams coordinator. Fantastic. Well, well, well done,
0: sir. Well done. Good. Well, before we get into third down here, we do want to do a little ad read from our sponsors over at DraftKings. So another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Last 0-0 tie in 1943, or was in 1943, so this feels like a no-brainer. Feels like the Vikings will definitely have a win uh, and and put some points on the board next week. Uh, If a sports book isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. You can still play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings' daily fantasy sports contests and DraftKings gives all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TPPN, throw down $1 for any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And with that, let's transition to third down. I think one of the highlights from this week was the defense. And yeah. um, I don't know if you have a specific player in mind. I do. But I want to hear from you first how you what you thought about this defensive performance specific player
1: friggin man Everson Griffin
0: yeah
1: and just seeing him you know he he got the best of Panay Sewell and so you're seeing you know a savvy explosive bet versus a young promising rookie I think they're saying Sewell just turned 21 years old he's drafted the first round obviously top 10 um I think in the I mean he struggled a little bit I think in the end he'll go on to be a really really nice player for the Lions But, man Griffin and he and you know and I think Griffin started this week over DJ1 didn't he and so I think Griffin is like not only playing well but like kind of back in his old role with the Vikings looked like he never left fantastic
0: mm-hmm. yeah I feel like on the broadcast at least like when they were flashing up the starting lineup i felt like might have been there but but griffin was on the field and he yeah they, they said one but i think that was a mistake okay yeah because i was i was wondering about that because i know i did see one out there but but yeah like seeing everything griffin out there like he he was an animal um and yeah, like yeah you, it's awesome you, when you look at yeah. that like one of the biggest takeaways from when i was watching this team last year was just the lack of any kind of Significant pressure uh, on the quarterback. Any guys like yep. getting through to the quarterback, and yeah, he was fantastic yesterday. Like just like disrupting so many things. Sacks, like I don't know how many sacks he has already this year, but it's got to be close to that team lead. And what, what was the team lead last year? It's five and a half. So the t- the
1: uh, no, I believe it was six. So I think Yannick Gakwe had six through five games, and we traded them. Uh, Daniel Hunter already has six. Right. And so, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, You know, and then, and ever, since Griffin is getting close to that number himself. Uh, three and if not more, uh, well, he had two yesterday. Right. Right. And then, you know, and he forced the fumble on the second one, he and Hunter combined, uh, combined according to PFF, they had four sacks, 10 hurries, 16 total pressures. And then of course the forced fumble, which is a big, big deal. Um, So, I mean, like Sam was saying, coming off a year where we really had you know, unless Zim could manufacture pressure or some sort of exotic blitz, we had no threat at all to the opposing team's quarterback. The man with those two. And then when they get those obvious passing downs and you have Griffin, Wanham, Richardson, Hunter. I'll admit that Sheldon Richardson's been a little bit disappointing, but I like that on passing down to those guys. And then then wantum had the nice, you know, they have the stunt and, and uh, wantum looped back around up the middle. And so it was, you know, it was largely wantum's sack was largely a result of, you know, his teammates drawing so much attention. But give the dude credit for finishing, right? Absolutely. It was, it was good to see him
0: land that sack. Yeah. So, so from my quick check, Griffin's got five sacks so far. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds um, about right. And so to sort of have that two-headed monster it feels just like yeah, so yeah, so yeah. encouraging. Um, yep. I do
1: go ahead. I, I just I, I just think it makes life so much easier, right? Like it's it's like having a second great center in your lineup. It's like having like another dangerous bat. You can't just like walk the number three hitter because the number four hitter is no good. Like you just you can't just do everything to slow down a hunter because Griffin will make you pay, right? Like and 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 vice versa. Like it's just it's so Crucial for what the Vikings want to do.
0: Yeah. Um, Looking kind of out to the coverage yesterday, and I know uh, Breedlin was back in. Um, Mm -hmm. I know we like we talked last week about like, hey, maybe this is Bancelor's chance to be in that starting role. Um, Yeah. I know Breedlin got burned on the one play, although I wouldn't say like that was as disastrous as some of the other coverage issues so far. But like, how did you feel about just the? The secondary with the team yesterday. Well, I mean, Damsler
1: not in there just because of COVID nineteen. Right. I, I don't mean to, I'm not saying just because I'm not trying to downplay the importance here, the significance. But I'm saying, um, you know, he wasn't there for that reason, not necessarily because of performance. Right. Um. So, but with Breland, I thought, you know, he was fine. You know, he is. He you know, he was okay, I guess. But like, you're going up against Jared Goff and basically replacement level receivers he should be fine. So, you know, again, I thought he was physical and tough in run defense. He's always done well coming up in run defense. The one thing I kind of thought, did you see, I don't know if it was after a penalty or after he gave up a reception, he was getting booed by the crowd and he was kind of, you know, he had his arms up in the air, kind of telling the crowd, like, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. Almost like egging
0: on the home fans. What do you think of that? For him? Like one of the things I've noticed, like I've seen his tweets after the game, I, I'm okay with that. Like the dude is, whether he's struggling physically or mentally or whatever, like I, for a new guy coming in to a team, um, you obviously want fans on your side, but his performance hasn't warranted that at all. And like, you understand the boost, but I think for him, what I've seen from him consistently, at least from what he's saying, I think sometimes there could be a difference in what you're saying versus how you're actually feeling, but it's a little bit like, Hey, I'm going to be better. I know that I haven't yeah. been good enough yet and I'm going to be better. And yeah. by the, like, bringing on the booze, like, it looks a little weird. I don't think it's like ideal, but I, like, I don't know. Um, I, would, like, I guess the other alternative is just he pretends that he doesn't hear it. Um, yeah, right. Which is probably it, the it, right move. but
1: It just struck me as odd. You don't see that very often with your home fans. Right. And, yeah. I, and I can understand, like, he obviously hears the criticism. The fans are obviously frustrated. If it motivates you and if you just whatever, and you just you lean into it and just keep fighting, then fine. I, it just struck me as kind of a weird moment.
0: Yeah. I guess it's like, if that is how he needs to use it to motivate him to be better, then Right, don't care at all. Like we'll do whatever you yeah, need right. to do. Um, right. Certainly not. I don't know if you've seen the clip. Uh, and this is switching sports here to Patrick Waugh when he was getting booed by fans. The, his last game was a Montreal Canadian. Um, yeah. And right. like he Where was he just got, letting got goal shelled. after goal and got shelled and like letting eight goals. Yeah. And the fans were like, cheered him after he finally made a save. And he like threw his hands up and it was like, you're just yeah. like, could tell is like, this is, can, this is done. I can picture um, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I just, with Breland, like looks weird. Maybe you kind of hope that the dude has a little bit more. I don't know. He, I, I don't want to label that move as lacking mental toughness. But it, uh, I understand it, it does feel odd. But at the end of the day, I just whatever you need to do to be better. Uh, yeah. And to yeah. True enough. True enough.
1: Better. True good. enough.
0: Good. Any other things on defense? So, like I, I feel overall like things are pretty good, and I have felt um, really good about the um, like one of the players that I've I've been noticing each and every week is Xavier Woods. Uh, I don't know if you have any comments yeah, on man. him. But like, I yeah, do can do can play. I know you got you got Smith there, yeah. but like Woods has been, I felt like he's just been in on a lot and like that's really encouraging.
1: The impression I have of Xavier Woods, having never spoken to the man or spent time with him, you know, like I don't really know him that well. He's new to the Vikings, is that he's an intelligent guy, just, just in that he seems to understand the defense, understand what offenses are doing. He's got a nose for the ball, right? Uh, and which is kind of what you want in your free safety, just kind of because you're in that you get that bird's eye view and you just get this chance to be in on basically any play. It's not like you're the left defensive end and the play is going way to the right and you're kind of kind of a non-factor. But he's he just seems to be around the ball and and making plays. Um I I quite like Xavier Woods. And I, I think he's been a nice addition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I, I'll give him credit. I think he's smart. I like him.
0: Well, fantastic. Good. Well, we can wrap up there unless you have any other comments you want to make on the on the defensive uh, side of the ball.
1: No, not really. I'm still a little concerned about the run defense, but we'll leave it there. I think leave 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 Pierce out till after the bye and 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 see see what we can do.
0: Yeah, good to see Bar back.
1: Oh, very good to see Bar back. It's been too long more over a year, over a year, right? So 18 games he's missed. A long time. A long time. Which is
0: incredibly long. Good. Yep. Well, we can flip over to here to odds and ends and uh, get Minnesota Wild. Hey, hockey season starts this week. This is yeah, this is fantastic. It's it's wild to think that it's it's here already. Um,
1: <laughs> He's but, always saying, oh, it's wild. It's almost here. You know, we're talking Minnesota I, Wild. It's and... it's,
0: it's wild. Well, maybe it's just my vocabulary is limited, but it uh, it is it is going to be a lot of fun. Um, mm. So yeah, I know. This week, one of the interesting things that I saw that I, I wanted to highlight was I know Russo put out an article um, where he, he's done some deep dive. It was, a, it was a lengthy article on on The Athletic uh, looking at some of the Wilds offseason and what it looks like moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. I know the, the Wild added uh, Pitlick this week in a um, waiver wire. And and so I know he, he talked a little bit to uh, the owner, Leopold, about the Parise and Setter buyouts. And it sounds like there was a few different things that were at play there, including uh, the risk of these guys retiring early and getting hit with uh, the cap recapture penalty. And so like, interesting. I think that it still feels like it's more of an issue on the previous side than the Sutter side, like Sutter just signed for four years, um, which is what he had left <laughs> yeah, right. with right. Uh, or three or right. four years uh, with, with uh, Dallas. And so like, or I think I believe it's that, um, and so, like, I feel it's more of a Perisay issue rather than um, uh, mm-hmm. Sutter issue. But regardless, uh, interesting article over there. And and so, you know, what we're season starting, ready to go. Um, can I get uh,
1: Can I get your season prediction? Who makes the finals and who wins? Oh man, this is a great question. This this year is going to well, be... actually so. That one, and then do do the wild make the playoffs?
0: Do they have success? So I'm going to say wild make the playoffs, and I think that they, I think they'll get to the second round. I'll I'll say second round, second round performance. I don't. I think it's going to be tough to get beyond that. Um, Yep. Stanley Cup Finals. Do you have a team like because there's there's like cliche teams like the I think the. The easy guess would be Colorado, Tampa. Although I have a hard time thinking Tampa gets back for a third re, like yeah. third time, um, especially considering how quick the seasons have been happening. Like they actually won two cups within eleven months, which is just like it's insane. wild. Um, like it's just so yep. much hockey. Um, yep, that intense played. hockey, super intense hockey. Yeah, yeah, and like just yeah, limited off seasons. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Do you Do you have teams?
1: This is I'm going to show how. Not disinterested, but just not engaged. Uh, Colorado, I think, is my my horse. Mm-hmm. I think I think they're going to go far, and I think they might actually win in the end. Uh, and then in the other conference, who would be the top teams in the other conference? I don't want to pick Tampa, uh, Tampa for the precise reason.
0: Get yeah, I, like I think the Islanders are. A threat. You can look at Florida no. Leafs, um, <laughs> <The> Leafs. <laughs> you know, that's I was good. gonna, I was gonna pick them. Uh, the Homer pick, you know, Florida, yeah, uh, Pittsburgh, Washington, uh, Philly Rangers. I like. It's there's a lot of it's. Give if it's not Tampa, give a, me
1: Colorado, Washington. Really, okay, Colorado, Washington, but Colorado wins in the end. So okay. That's that's my pick. That's my so. Pick.
0: So I'm gonna I'm just gonna I was gonna say I was a dunk on you here, but I so you have Colorado <laughs> going there. I will guess that Washington doesn't make the playoffs. Washington doesn't make the playoffs. Wow. It's Great it's sense. a wild, wild division over there. Uh like Great just sense. like crazy how how tight it is. So that's so that's our that's our thing. You get you got them going. I, I got them missing. Yes. And like okay, that's a – I think You could argue that they're like they have a better chance to make the playoffs than they don't, but um, I would say, goodness, I'm going to say it's going to be an Islanders-Vegas final. I'm going to take both the teams that were short last year, and and uh, and I I think that that will be that will be the finals. And I, oh, I'll say the Islanders win the cup. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean the other coach Barry Barry Trotz is still there, right? He's he's an excellent coach,
0: and I actually think that like they they lost some pieces on the on the defensive end, but um, they're good. But yeah, I think if you look at the Wild, um, especially within their like how their division sets up, I think that they can beat um, many teams in there, especially in a seven game playoffs. Like they took Vegas to seven games last year, um, mm-hmm. but if Everything rolls the way that it should. It probably looks at them having a second round matchup against Colorado, and yeah, that yeah. would be tough. Uh, like Colorado Very feels tough. like they need to take another step. Um, so, I think that that. Uh, anyways, I I don't know. Like we, I know Kyle sent me this video of Bill Guerin um, this this past week, and <laughs> like it seemed like the intent behind this team, as it yeah. often is with many people, is that like you need to win and like they're, they're all in on the season so it'll be interesting to see how that what that looks like in terms of if there's any moves within the season um mm-hmm. so, but mm-hmm. but i think that um I, I think that there's some hope that they could get to the second round and and then from there who knows
1: well I'll, I'll remind sam that i mean he's he played hockey hockey's his first sport he knows it far more far better and far more than i do and i'll readily admit that but I think he had the Leafs going fire last year and I had the lightning win in the cup. So I'll, I'll drop that one in there.
0: Uh, that's all we have for today. <laughs> yeah. How? Uh, right. w- right. Where can people find your, uh, your stuff?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they can hop over to VikingsGazette.com If they feel so inclined, but they can also head over to purplePTSD.com PTSD.com and uh, find some writing on there.
0: And uh, otherwise keep listening. We appreciate uh appreciate all that. Thank you. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, we will wrap up there and talk to you next week.